Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me in studio today is Father Joe Lobbock from Sacred Heart of Jesus Catholic Church in Wadsworth. Welcome, Father. Thanks, Tim. Good to be here with you. Great to have you. We're going to continue our discussion from the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church. We're talking about sacraments, and today we're going to continue our discussion on marriage. And uh, question 264 asks, what threatens marriage? Well, as anything that really threatens us is, is ultimately sin, that we don't live up to the love that God calls us to have, the love that he has for us. To sin is to fall to miss the mark, to fall short. And when two people begin to, you know, be selfishness can have a part in that. We think more of ourselves than putting the other person ahead of our own needs. That unwillingness to, to give of ourselves, always thinking about what's, what's in it for me, very things that are very typical in our society today. Those things can obviously threaten marriage, uh, a break with God, you know, not taking the time to pray together or go to Mass. All those things can be harmful to any marriage because we, we rely on God for the grace to live out those marriage vows. We can't do it by ourselves. Well, you make a great point, Father. I know one of the things early in my marriage, uh, when I was struggling, it was because of selfishness. And what really helped me was getting back into the habit of frequent confession mm-hmm. and, and examining my conscience and asking myself better questions. What can I do better to make my marriage better? What can I do better to make Connie happy? And what, what, what is it that I can do yeah. to be more unselfish? And I found that uh, going every first Saturday, which the nuns taught us back at, in grade school, by going every first Saturday, I got in that habit of examining my conscience, but also receiving the grace of the sacrament of confession, not only to make me a better man and a better Christian, but, but hopefully a better husband and a better father. Yeah, and it helps to keep things focused on what is really important. It's so easy. There's so many concerns in our lives. We have our, our jobs, our finances, so many the kind of house we live in. Am I going to be able to provide everything that I should for my family or, or everything they want or everything society says that I should? That's a lot of pressure. A lot of, of, of marriages have difficulty because of money, because of their finances, because, again, they're not really putting their priorities in, in the proper order. The main purpose of marriage, one of the main purposes of marriage is for a, a man and woman to lead each other to heaven, to Jesus. That's what it's all about. That's the purpose of it, to draw closer to Christ, to provide for each other, to take care of each other. But those go, sometimes we, we want too much because the world offers too much. Father, you make a great point. As a father and a husband, my biggest responsibility is to help myself, my my wife, and my children to get to heaven. Right. That's like number one priority. And, and again, I 
I thank you for reminding me and our listeners of that because you're right. We do get caught up. I know I, I've done it. Yeah. And instead of focusing on the important thing, which is to get to heaven, I worry about all this other stuff that really isn't as important. Right. Uh, question 265 of the UCAT asks, are all people called to marriage? Well, not everybody is called to marriage. Obviously, we have people who enter religious life, nuns and priests and brothers. We have people who remain single and people who get married. So not everyone is called to, to live their life in that way. But nonetheless, we're still called ultimately to the same vocation in the sense that we are called to give of ourselves. Whether a priest does that by giving his life to the church and the people of God, uh, a, a sister who enters a community gives her life totally to Christ in whatever kind of service she may enter. The same thing for a brother. Uh, a single person, just because, you know, people look at single people like there's something wrong with them. Why didn't you get married? You know, or you become a nun or a priest because you couldn't find anybody to marry. Or you were afraid of marriage or didn't like marriage, the idea of it. That's far from the truth. person is called to religious life still has a very profound and deep love for the sacrament of marriage and the whole idea of loving and giving of ourselves. But a husband and wife are called to do that to a very exclusive person, to, to give my life first and foremost to that person and any children that they together may bring into the world. But it doesn't confine their charity and their love to their family. Love by its very nature can't be held within just a certain select few people. If love is true, then it goes out of itself, especially to the poor and the needy. You, you make a good point, Father. Somebody who's single, that's still a vocation. Right. To be chaste and to be holy and to be faithful to God. All right. Question uh, 266 asks, how is a church wedding celebrated? Well, weddings of, in the church should always, of course, take place in a, in a public place. Preferably, especially between two Catholics, definitely it takes place within the church. There are allocations made when you have a mixed religion or someone who is not baptized. Sometimes those, re those weddings can be celebrated in a secular place, uh, but it still has to be in public. It requires a priest or deacon and two witnesses at, at the very minimum to witness that sacrament. The priest, people often say, well, Father so-and-so married me. Well, no, he didn't. You marry each other. Uh, a man and woman administer the sacrament of marriage to each other through the vows that they say that they make before God and before the church community. The priest is there to witness the marriage, to be the church's official witness, and of course also the witness for the state. So what, so what about these marriages that are like in people's backyards or, or on a beach? That, you know, it's beautiful, of course, but it's not necessarily in a church. Is, is that a valid wedding? Well, not for a Catholic, no. For a Catholic, as I said, a Catholic has to be married, two Catholics especially, have to be married in front of a priest. As I said, they make allocations. If one is not Catholic, it could be in the backyard. It's a public place. But it always has to be with the priest. And that person, of course, has to be free to marry. There can be no previous bonds of marriage. There can be, you, you can't get divorced 
and remarry in the church without first seeking an annulment. Okay, so, so question 267 asks, what should be done if a Catholic wants to marry a non-Catholic Christian? Well, there's approval as necessary from the church. It's a dis called a dispensation. There's a dispensation from disparity of cult, they call it, where it involves a Catholic who is baptized, obviously, and a non-baptized person. A mixed religion, two people who are baptized in, in a Catholic church and, say, the Lutheran church, it's just a simple dispensation. So, but there are, those things are necessary. But if we don't forbid people from marrying outside of the, of the faith, I would highly recommend that we, you know, think about that though. When you, when young people are, are dating and, and meeting people, I would think one of the first things you would ask, if you're serious about your faith, one of the very first things you should find out about the other person is, what do they believe about God? Where is their faith at? If you're going to share your life together, you have to be able to share your faith, some kind of faith. And it is, in, in what I've seen in my years of priesthood, it's, a, it's much easier if you're sharing a common faith and, and have that to, to, as an anchor in your marriage, in your family life. Sometimes when there's two different religions or no religion at all, the person with no religion seems to pull the, the, the Christian or a Catholic away from their religion. I've seen that a lot of times. And it makes for a very unhappy family life, or especially if the Catholic party all of a sudden gets really into their faith, wants to go back to it. And it's very divisive then. Mm -hmm. Of course, I've seen the other side of the coin where once children come along, they talk about baptism, and now maybe that draws them back to the church because they start thinking yes, about baptism that's... and going to church and how are we going to raise the child. Yeah. They start to think in a different way, just more than just about themselves. And they think it, it causes people to reflect a great deal. And it's a, it's a great thing. And we have to use those moments to teach and to catechize these young couples so that they, you know, can be brought back into the church and, and really know what that relationship with God is, is really offering them and their children. Okay. Uh, may a husband and a wife who are always fighting get a divorce <laughs> well, you know, that you know it seems like a rhetorical it, question almost it, just, just it happens kidding. you know just kidding. and the church does permit divorce it doesn't acknowledge it but it permits people sometimes there are extreme circumstances uh there's there's desertion where uh, a spouse just leaves the family what are you going to do or maybe there are other things involved alcohol drugs you know, uh, you know, constant infidelity. You know, uh, sometimes those things are not going to get resolved because one or the other person has doesn't want it. If one person in the marriage doesn't want to be married anymore, the other person is left helpless and powerless. They can't make it on their own, and so the church does permit divorce because they need to secure the proper rights for that, that man or woman, and especially for the support of children. Now, also, I think it's good to note that if someone gets a divorce, that doesn't stop them from being able to receive right, uh, the divorce, Eucharist no. or go to confession. So many people think that divorce means you're out of the church. That's never been true. It's not true today. 
You know, you go, you should, if you're going to get divorced, you should seek permission from the church and talk to a priest about it so they know what's going on. And then if it has to be, I guess there's not much you can do. But it doesn't mean you can't go to communion or you can't be in the church anymore. Only if you remarry outside of the church is what cuts you off from the church. So what is the church's stance on people who are divorced and remarried outside the church? Well, they can go to Mass, of course, but they are not permitted to receive communion because they're living outside of the sacrament of marriage, but they're living as if they are married and they're living as man and wife. So it's not a, a good situation. It's kind of disregarding the gospel, what Jesus said. If you marry a divorced person, you cause them to commit adultery. Jesus said that very plain and very simple. But yet we you know, kind of dismiss his words too easily. But all these things are able to be worked out. I don't think the, most of the time, vast majority of the time, go and talk to a priest, see what can be done. See what can be done about that first marriage and try to get back into the church. Okay. Some good advice. We've been listening to Father Joe Labick. He's the pastor at Sacred Heart of Jesus Catholic Church in Wadsworth. And we've been talking about marriage from the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church. And this has been Tim Perry for Living Bread Radio and Faith with Father. Until next time, may God bless you and yours. Bye for now. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.